Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back. It's your host Siraj, and today I have a really interesting topic. It's um, it's really linked to something I'm doing at the moment, or rather, starting at the moment. So, every single year since I found this this challenge, I'd call it, I've been doing it at least once a year annually. Sometimes I try and do it twice. Um, and it's called the seventy five hard challenge. Some of you guys may have heard of this, some of you guys may not have. It's basically the creator of this challenge, Andy Frisella, um, businessman, podcaster, um, all-round pretty pretty knowledgeable guy. He calls it a, men- a mental toughness challenge. You basically have to do a series of tasks every single day for 75 days. And if you miss any other tasks on any other days, you start again from day one. And you're supposed to come out as like really mentally tough person. And I'm starting it, and in fact, on the podcast, I'll be giving you mid and end week updates, um, inshallah. So that'll be that'll be really interesting to see. I'm starting it tomorrow, but I thought that to start with, I wanted to talk about the reason why I hadn't done it during the summer, which is when, which is the optimal time for me to do it. I'm not at uni; I'm at home, which means that I have um, a lot more accessibility. It's a lot easier for me to do stuff. It's a lot easier for me to get stuff done. Um, I don't have uni. Um, so why didn't I do it? And it was actually a really, really cool thing. It was, it was a really, really nice reason, actually. If um, coming, uh, seeing as how I'm Muslim, um, a lot of my follow, a lot of my listeners know that I'm Muslim, and um, I'd started it, and thirty days into the challenge, I'd got to th- day thirty, and I'd found out that I'm going to Hajj. I'm going to Saudi Arabia to complete a fifth of my life essentials, one of the five pillars of Islam. The holy the holy pilgrimage, and now I won't go into the details and the intricacies of how it worked this year. Just know it was very different, and um, it was basically a lottery system. And Alhamdulillah, me and my family were lucky enough to go, and they had picked all four of us, which was amazing. And we got to go Hajj Hajj this year. Now we only found out. Imagine we flew out on the Saturday, and we found out on the Friday before. Imagine that we literally found out. So not the day before, but the Friday before that. So just over a week before, we found out we were going Hajj. It was like it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy experience, to say the least. And um, as you'll hear further into this podcast, it was, it was just crazy all around. But it was an amazing experience. I would never, I wouldn't um, forego it. I wouldn't want to reset to go back in time and not do it ever. Again. I, 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 in fact, I want to say that I want to be there right now, but I can't be. So. Um, I wanted to talk about the, my experience during Hajj, my experience during this really, really weird time. It's just coming out of COVID. It had a reduced amount of people, a million rather than the usual three to four million. And it was a lottery system. It was, you know, going through this company called Mutawif and there's no tour guides and stuff like this. So I want to talk about my experience and how it was my first time going to Saudi Arabia, first time doing Umrah, first time doing Hajj and first time visiting Medina. It was all around, it was just the first time for everything. And yeah, let's just get into it. So the first thing I really wanted to point out, and I'll give, I want I want to give some context before I talk about the very first thing that, that came to mind when I thought about this topic. The context is, well, when I was growing up, I live in a small town outside Birmingham. I'm not, that's all I'll say about where I live, but I live in a small town outside of, outside of Birmingham. And um, I basically don't live in the muslim part of it right i actually live on the opposite side of this town to the muslim brown populated area 
Mm. Now, because of this, growing up, I had little to no Islamic influence apart from my own household and Mm. my own family, which I would go visit, and, like, the community and such. There was, at school, there was hardly anyone uh, Muslim. Um, there, There was a very much so one set personality one set skin color it was very much so that all the way through secondary school as well i went to i went through to a predominantly white non-muslim secondary school as well which means that all the way up to the age of about 16 17 i had little to no islamic influence apart from like my family and that's very very that's very weird right it's very very um it's not it's not the best i won't lie to you but then going into year 13 i had um I'd found a few righteous friends and a few friends. And if I'm honest with you, without these friends, um, a couple that I still talk to to this day, I, I probably wouldn't be a practicing Muslim. Um, I'll be honest with you, I probably would have fallen into all types of sin and just abandoned the religion completely. So alhamdulillah for, for meeting them. But my, the point is that for the first 16 years of my life, my influence and my surroundings of Islam were essentially the same people and were the closest people to me. Now, keeping this in mind this is my first time going to Saudi Arabia like I was going for Hajj so I wore a thorb or a jubba to, to, to the airport I um, had my kafiya in my bag to put on as soon as I get there and you know I, I had the whole like get up going and I got to the airport and like you get to the airport in a thorb and it's just like damn like you can't see anyone else in a thorb and then suddenly another person gets out of a car and they've got a third one another person gets out of a car and they've got a kurta on it and it was like as soon as you go into the airport and you get to the place where you see everyone waiting to check in it's like you i already felt a sense of like belonging almost right just being around so many people who who like were in the same situation as me same religion same um situation we're all going to hajj we're going to umrah we're all going to well we're all going to medina first to be honest and it was just amazing and then it was just like a sense of community almost already and by the way the way it worked this year was the flight that i was on everyone going on that flight was in one big group we would basically have the exact same schedule exact same hotels and everything and all like such and so forth right and i got on a plane and i was alhamdulillah i was sitting next to um on my left i was sitting next to a couple and on my right, I was sitting next to a... Well, I was in the aisle, but the guy on the other side of the aisle, really, really nice guy. Uh, he seemed similar age to me. Um, he was, uh, you know, I look over and he, like, he was reading the Quran. Um, and he, was to, he was listening to the Quran, sorry. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know they had this feature. And I, was, I started listening to the Quran, listening to the Quran all the way there. Revised on, you know, the, proce- the, proce- um, the process of Hajj and Umrah. Um, and, you know, I was like really excited, really, really excited. And um, Saudi Airlines is great as well. So, you know, I got a touchdown into Mecca, sorry, Medina. Uh, well, sorry, we actually touched down in Jeddah first. And then we got to the airport. The airport's stunning. For those of you guys who have already been to Jeddah Airport, you, you know what I mean? It's it's stunning. It's an absolutely amazing airport. And then we got a coach to Medina, which I'll admit was very long. But because I didn't really sleep much on the airport, in the airport, it wasn't really too bad, I'll be honest. And I'm, I'm just thinking like, I'll see get some rest so I fell asleep almost the entire coach journey there I was in and out of sleep all the time and eventually got to Medina and you know what in Medina although there was a few complications with the room and such it was a relatively smooth journey I know some people we got there just before Zohar um, in Medina um, sorry just after Zohar 
and I know some people were literally waiting for a room um, until like 11 o'clock at night. Um, some people were waiting in the lobby and they literally slept in the lobby because like they didn't have a room. So it was it was very it was a very uh, we went through very very smoothly. Me, my family, we all got um, a room together, which Alhamdulillah was, was amazing. And um, you know we had in fact we actually had a view of Masjid Nabawi from our room, which was uh, Alhamdulillah again it, it was just amazing, Subhanallah. And we got there and I this is the part which I will never forget. I will never ever forget this this core memory of mine. Going to Medina, and I, I, we stayed in um, Pullman Zamzam, which is literally if you guys have if you guys have been to Medina or know about the hotels in Medina, it's literally like not even a two minute walk away from um, like the courtyard. So it was alhamdulillah amazing, and I went there for the very first thing. He took me by surprise, I'll be honest with you, but then I got used to it very quickly, and we went there and oh man, just walking through those gates and seeing all the sunshades, I was. I was in, in awe and I hadn't even got into the actual masjid yet. It was just the courtyard and I was in awe of this place. It was just, you see it as you're growing up. You see it all the time. You see it on YouTube, on social media. And I was there in the flesh. And it was just mesmerizing, you know? I got there and my dad and my cousins I was there with, we, um, you know, took our time walking through the courtyard. It was... It was beautiful, honestly. Like right now, by the way, because you can't see me, my eyes are shut. I'm literally envisioning, just reliving this memory in my head because it was just so beautiful. It's a core memory. I'll be honest with you. Just this and the first time I saw the Kaaba, which I'll get onto later on. It was just no, I can't. I will never be able to forget it, honestly. And like I was, I was in awe. The, the sunshades. They weren't even. They were out. Sorry, they were out. Right. Because it was it was just after Dhuhr, it was it was just after Dhuhr, so obviously the sun is at its like nearest peak anyway, so coming strongest in the day, and then we walked through the courtyard. And unfortunately, I didn't see any I didn't see any cats on the first day. I will I will admit, um, but we walked through and I got into the masjid. Oh my god, I got into the masjid, and it was stunning. Oh my, this masjid, if you haven't been to Medina, if you haven't been to Masjid al-Nabawi, anyone, everyone can try to describe the sheer feeling you get when you first step into the masjid. The feeling you get when you first see the beauty of this masjid. Nothing will ever live up to it. Nothing will ever live up to it. In fact, this entire experience, the entire podcast, you can, you can listen to it, but it will never ever live up to the actual experience of being there in the flesh. And... Honestly, I walked into masjid and I was just in awe. I was in awe. And it's a little fun, funny thing actually happened on the first day. I didn't realise that all the barrels were Zamzam water, right? I just hadn't, hadn't, you know, it just didn't occur to me. I didn't bother reading what was on there. I didn't bother reading. And I, I didn't realise it was Zamzam water. I was just like, why are, the, why are all these barrels around here for? Why are people drinking this like all the time? And, um, Eventually, you know, I found out it was something, and I was like, oh, damn, and I got, I literally, like, I went there, and I was there for a solid, like, five minutes, just refilling the cup, drinking it, refilling the cup, drinking it, I was just drinking it all the time, and, yeah, I prayed the first salah in, in Masjid Nabawi, and, oh, man, it's just, it's such a big, vast masjid, it, and there's so many people praying at one time, but the other than, oh, man, the other than, and, 
the reciters and the just just everything the speaker system the speaker system in that place is amazing the speaker system in this masjid not a single wire in sight but the speakers are like at the perfect volume at the perfect echo they have a perfect sound effect like everything has been done to a t in this masjid and like i'll, I'll never forget that oh i'll never forget that and then um well, i'll skip forward to the next part the next important part so you know, it was our first day, we were tired, we went back, so we went straight back um, to the room, had a nap and that, and we were getting accustomed to the time too, we were, you know, we were obviously jet lagged, we were tired from the long journey and everything, um, and, you know, I went, I went, we went to Hardy's, right, then we went to Hardy's first time, got the, got the burgers, it's got to be done, um, eventually though, we actually found a shawarma place, which like this little, it was this little shack in the wall, right, it's, it's got like a green, lo greenish logo, it sells shawarma and... Karak chai, beautiful. But but if you ever go to Medina and you find this place, it's a shawarma and karak chai place with like a greenish logo. Shawarma from there is beautiful. Um. Anyways, uh, skipping forward, gave salutations to the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and I actually found a beautiful time. It was right in the middle of Asr and Maghrib. Now, right in the middle of this time, no one's there. No one is there. Hardly anyone is there. I literally got round, and this is during like. People are there for Hajj. There is a lot of people here, and I literally got round to give salam to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Literally, oh, it was like five times in like fifteen minutes. It was crazy. It was crazy just how quickly I got round because there was no one there on the perfect spot. But anyways, I wanna I wanna skip forward to the time when I got into the old part of the masjid, uh, the old, the original masjid Nabawi, and that was amazing. This was amazing. You can tell the difference between the two parts, right? But this this one was like it was really crowded. Everyone was trying to like shut their way in and everything. But like, Alhamdulillah, we got a place. Me, my dad, and my cousins we got a place where you know no one was really trying to butt in. It wasn't really that too too cramped. It was actually we were lucky. Like, we got to pray comfortably at that point. And then skip forward to when we got into the um oh they used to be the green carpet bit, but now everywhere got green carpet and now it's just like you know Riyadh al Jannah, um the place in Masjid Nabawi where um. There's a what uh, a part of it is uh, from the Gardens of Paradise, right? And we got in there, and they give you like five minute slots, but but for some reason, our group was given ten. Mm. It was like oh, it was amazing, it was amazing, amazing. And I got there, prayed my two rakat, and um, made dua, and you know did the whole lot. Um, and I was like being really, I was being really like cheeky with it, and I was like kept like you know hiding behind people so the guards wouldn't call me because they they're, like they'd see us finish praying and they were like calling people out to go out, and I was like hiding behind people so I could stay a little bit uh, a little bit longer in there, just even if it's like, like a couple seconds, just a couple more hours, um, and then um what else is there? We went on like you know we visited the whole places, went to a date, went to a date farm, um. And yeah, really, that was like all. It was just surreal in Medina. Um, Fajr. Um, what what well, what we did, what the daily uh schedule for this place was for for Medina was basically Asr to Aisha. We would well, sorry, no. Um, Maghrib to Aisha, we would always stay in the um in the masjid, uh, and then um, Asr to Maghrib, we would all we would kind of. We go out and get uh, get something to eat, and then we come back to the masjid. Um, and yes, I did lie down and sleep in the masjid, and it was amazing. It was such such a nice rest and sleep. Oh, it was amazing. Um, 
but yeah, that, that's what I'll say. But coming on to the main part, of this podcast I wanted to talk about fifteen minutes in is um it's just been me fangirling over this entire entire experience. That's all this podcast is going to be about, by the way. It's just me fangirling over the entire experience. It was amazing. I can't I can't say anything. It was just amazing. This entire experience. It was surreal. But and I wanted the main part. We're in Makkah and the Hajj, so. Um, it was in fact there was a very funny story about how we got to Makkah because we were going by coach it was about I think it was like an 8 to 9 hour coach journey um, it was long but it, it was fine uh, we I got into my ihram I had um, got into my ihram we were waiting we were told to be in the lobby by 6am we didn't end up leaving until 1pm right <laughs> there's a reason for this so me and my family's names we, the coach we were on to, from Jeddah to Medina didn't have our passports taken. All right. So our names weren't put on any list for the coaches from Medina to Makkah. So we didn't have a coach to go on. We didn't have a coach. We like, we weren't getting to Makkah. And my dad was like, shoot. <laughs> right. And he goes to every single coach. You know, counts how many people are on the list. Counts how many seats are in the coach. All of them are full until the last one. The one furthest away from the entrance. There's 40 names on the list. There's 47 seats in the coach. And uh, subhanAllah, there were seven people in my group. Me, my family, me, my parents, my sister and my cousins and their, their parents. Seven people in the group. And it was perfect. We were like 40, 40 people on the list, 47 seats. We we literally got into the coach and sat down. We were like, we're not getting off this coach, Right. We got on, gave our passports in, alhamdulillah, got there amazingly. Um, in fact, the coach driver, for some reason, he just picked on me. He was like, always picking on me. He gave me extra stuff. He gave us, I, I don't know why. He just seemed to really like me. Um, I think it's because like, I fell asleep almost straight away and I was just like, kept falling asleep and he just kept like taking the mick out of me. Had no idea what he was saying though, I'll be honest with you. Had no idea because he was speaking like Arabic, but I think it was like an Egyptian dialect or something like that. Um... They were saying it was a mix between Arabic and Sanskrit, but I'm not. I'm not too sure. I, I couldn't understand what he was saying, but he kept like taking the mic out of me and yeah, joking about. It was it was really really cool. Got there, got into the state of Ihram um, at, at at the you know at the uh, Miqat, and then we went to Makkah and we go there. We get into a hotel and there was a few complications there, but we had a guy in our group who on our coach who was who spoke Arabic, and um, he you know sp- was speaking to the guys. Got everything sorted for us pretty smoothly. Got into her room. It was me, my dad, and my cousins. Uh, we, it was us four in a room. Alhamdulillah. So you know it was pretty pretty chill. And my mom, my sister, and my aunt got into another room, um, which was alhamdulillah amazing because there was like complications where they were putting men and women who were non mahrams together in one room, and it was like it was, it was that's why there was so many complications. So alhamdulillah, it went pretty smoothly for us, and. Um, a little rest and then we were like no let's just get our umrah done let's just get it done out of the way so we go do tawaf and i kid you not there was like four rows in between us and the kaaba us and the kaaba right it, it, it was it was great we were so close and i kid you not this was another cool memory the first time i walked into masjid nabawi and the first time i saw the kaaba core memories man like it's so big it's so much bigger in real life as well but we walked down and we got into the um I think the, the um mm-hmm. I think it's called or I can't even remember the, the the name for the for for the area now it slips my mind but the the, the like the most ground floor the floor right outside the like where the Kaaba is right 
And we were there, we got in because we were in Ihram. Um, they were only letting people who were in Ihram, who were on Umrah, uh, go into that place. And man, we saw it and it was just, bro, I literally had tears in my eyes, man. It was just, it was be- I, li- I literally had tears in my eyes. It was beautiful. You see this, you see this thing on social media, on everywhere, all the time. And I was seeing it in, in real life and it was just, I, li- I literally had tears in my eyes as I was making dua, doing it. But unfortunately, the guards rushed us through and obviously, you know, we had to get to move and everything. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, because there was so much people, crowd control. Mm-hmm. We did the Tawaf, did Safa Marwa, and, um, you know, the Halak done. And I, no, I'll tell you what, yeah, this, this, this is one part that really, really annoyed me. So we got there just after Aisha. So we prayed Aisha and um, we, we were there. Um, had a little rest um, and you know we, we completed the Safa um, to Marwa the, the Sa'i completed that um, about an hour before Fajr so we were like okay we'll get the Halaq oh sorry we'll get the um, you know the shaving of the head done and we'll go back get changed out of the and then go for Fajr so we go to the barbers right my dad gets his head shaved yeah. sorted my cousins get their head done sorted Right, I'm the last one. I get on the chair. The guy just goes straight on my head with a blade. Ends up cutting my head right, like right at the back at the top. Massive cut. It would not stop bleeding. I kid you not. Right, it would not stop bleeding. I only got two. It was like ten minutes to fudge. We were like, oh, shoot. We were like five minutes to fudge. I was like, oh, shoot. It's not. It's not. It's not stopping. It reached fudge time. I heard the iqama going on and I was just and I was like I kept like reaching and I kept like you know touching it and I was like it was it wouldn't stop bleeding man and my um Sheikh uh Mahan Marikli who was reading he had one of my favorite ones I just couldn't go and pray behind him I had to wait until it started bleeding and pray by myself and I was like yo damn man but um yeah it was just it was so heartbreaking that, that the first salah that I would have prayed would have been behind my one of my favorite reciters um, Fajr at that, um, and I couldn't, I couldn't pray. So it was very unfortunate, but um, Alhamdulillah, the experience is Tawaf, the Sari. Um, me, me, my dad and my cousin started racing in the green zone bit. We started racing. We were trying to like see who get to the end first. Yeah, and like, it was, it was, it was fun. But um, yeah, what to call it? it? It was just an amazing experience altogether. And that was, that was Umrah done. That was Umrah done. But now on to Hajj. Man, now on to Hajj. Oh, where do I even start with this, man? There was so many things that happened during Hajj that was just curveballs, man. So yeah, anyways, first thing, first things first, we got to Mina, right? If you don't, if you guys who don't know the process of Hajj, I'll go through it very, very quickly. So first off, you go to Mina, spend the day in Mina, spend the night there, and then the next day you go to Arafah. Um, you go to Arafah um, after Fajr. You get there, spend the entire day there to just before sunset, pray Duhar and Asr there, and then just as soon as it, as soon as it hits sunset or just before, I, I think, you make your way, you start traveling to Muzalifa. And when you get to Muzalifa, you, um, so Arafah is when it's a day of worship again, same as Mina, day of worship. That is a blessed day of Arafah, um, but you do not fast when you're on Hajj. Um, spend the whole day in Ibadah, and that's when you're making the dua and everything. Um, and then just before sunset or at sunset, you start making your way to Muzdalifah where you pick up the um, the pebbles to stone the pillars, right? And that's where you can join, you read Maghrib and Aisha together and you're sleeping out in the open. And I kid you not, 
And I'll go, I'll go, sorry, I'll go on to that and then the second sister goes to, you know, Mina, spend all day there, spend the night. Then Arafah from just after Fajr to just before sunset. Then you go to Muzdalifah, can join your Maghrib and Aisha, uh, spend the night in Muzdalifah out in the open air. And then after that, you then make your way to the Jamarat. Wow. And then um, stone, stone the pillars, go back to Mina. Um, sorry, go back to Makkah after that first stoning. Um, do Tawaf, Sa'i, shave your head. And then you come back to uh, Mina, spend the nights there. Um, I think it's wajib to spend the nights there. It's either wajib or sunnah, I'm not too sure. Um, and then um, next day, spend the night in Mina. Next day, uh, stone the, stone the um, Jamarat, stone the pillars again. Uh, and then you go back to Mina, spend the rest of the day there. And then spend the night, go back to Jamarat. And then you go back to Makkah and your Hajj done. Right? So um, that's the very, very brief outline of how Hajj worked. Now... Mina, we were amazing. That tent, as I said, we was um in fact when we got there, we lost our tent. We were not given any direction of where to go, not any direction of where, you know, where our tent was. But alhamdulillah, we found our tent in the end. Um had a nice big letters on there saying, um what was it? What what what's the, I can't even remember I can't even remember the hotel that we stayed in, in Mecca. We had a hotel in there and we got in, parked my bottom, got my seat. Yeah, uh, what's called? I was sitting next to this guy called Khalid. Um, it was an older guy. It was a granddad, but he was a sweet, honesty man. This guy was so sweet. He um, like when I was sleeping, he'd get, he'd save food for me, get like a thing for me. When I was oh, what's call it? When you know, if my dad was sleeping, he'd ask me if I should say if you know he should get one for my dad. And he was proper, proper nice guy, man. He was honestly, he was blessed, and I was blessed to have him as my neighbor, Amina. Um. And got my seat. They were these little like one seat uh sofas, right? And then folded out into um beds and um spent the night there. First day was great, you know, I was just getting accustomed. The toilets, man. The toilets, man. Oh my oh man, the toilets. Yo, I'll be honest with you. I was not expecting that. Man, they were filthy, bro. <laughs> like you had like I think it was like ten toilets, seven, eight, seven, eight or ten toilets um in a row. And I think, and like, yeah, all but one were like those Indian to Indian squat toilets. And also, in the same cubicle as the toilets, you had a shower. So that's where you're showering and you're toileting and you're, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole whack in that one cubicle. Now, yeah, oh man, it, it was, it was actually very funny, actually, because no one wanted to go to the toilet. No one, no one was drinking water. No one was doing anything like that because no one wanted to go to the toilet because it was, because it was filthy. Um, but yeah, uh, it was great. That that was that was an experience. I'll be honest with you, trying to get used to that. And then, um, but yeah, that day was alhamdulillah blessed. Uh, food was great. Food food was great. Then we got to Arafah, and Arafah, we lost our tent again. We were given no direction when we got there. Lost our tent, and um, we ended up just like hijacking this random spare tent that had that had uh, so uh, like well beds. I say beds loosely, loosely termed. It was like a mattress. But like a mini mattress for one person that folded into a chair as well. We just hijacked a random tent because our tent was our tent was hijacked by random people. So we just went and hijacked another tent. We got there, settled down. Uh, and it was great. Our entire group. We had like there was this guy, I can't remember his name. He was like the leader. He kind of sorted everything out. Um, great, great, great guy. And out of fast spent the whole night there. And there was a little debacle that happened there, right? So most of our most of our um most of our groupers um, followed the madahib of um, Imam Abu Hanifa. Mm -hmm. right. They were the, from the Hanafi Madhab. 
and the the, the, the general um uh what's called it the general malana who was with us the general scholar who was with us he was not of the he did not follow the hanafi madhab and in Arafah, there is Hanafi Madhab is uh, special in a sense in that it's the, I think it's the only one or yeah basically it doesn't conjoin you with the Haran Asr. It basically says read them at these specific times for the Haran Asr. You do not you do not conjoin them. And because most of our group was uh, followed the Hanafi Madhab, we all wanted to do that. And there was like this whole little thing in Arafah, and it was just like it was so very unnecessary. But then what happened was um, no one really backed down, which I felt you know it was it was kind of bad, but. Um, it all worked out in the end. Um, everyone got along still, and everyone's been so it wasn't too bad. But Arafah was Arafah was great, man. It was like you know, it was great. We didn't go to the mountain. Everyone was just chilling because, and my dad especially didn't want to go because um, it was my first Hajj. He was he was very tired and that, and he just didn't want to go. So we didn't end up going. We spent the whole day in the tent, um, and we found out later on in that day that the ladies' tent had got food poisoning on the food, which was great, right? You got food poisoning on Hajj, like people were like, uh, my sister just described it, what did she say? Her exact words were, people were dropping like flies, um, <laughs> like people were dropping like the walking dead. It was uh, it was really bad. Um, like people were vomiting, vomiting puking, um, fainting, like sweating loads and everything. It, it was very, very, very bad food poisoning. Um, but alhamdulillah, like, everything got sorted in the end, they got to complete the Hajj and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was good. Um, but yeah, they got food poisoning, man. And it was it was crazy. The like the men didn't. Alhamdulillah. I mean, I think there was like one guy who started like coughing and like puking and that. But that, that was about it. No, right. Um, but after that day, no one really ate the meat that was given to them. Everyone just like lived on like the rice or like the bread or like the 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 apple juices and the water. So that that was very interesting because like no one would touching would touch meat and like you yeah. had like those. Guys, you didn't care. They, 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 they like the two guys who were opposite me just did not care about it. They just, they just scoffed it down completely. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was, Arafah was great. But then we got to Muzalifa, and um, Alhamdulillah, I got the chance to um, lead my group, um, lead Salah, lead Maghrib and Isha for my group, um, in Muzalifa, which is amazing. And there's a guy on TikTok, I think it's Ahmed Al Qatani, oh, I think his name is, or Ahmed Al, uh, it's Ahmed something, right? Um, Ahmed Al Qatani, I think his name is. I'm not too sure. Do not hold me to that. But he's on TikTok, you know, right? And he, um, he was literally right next to us, which was crazy. Cause I was like, I've seen this guy on TikTok. I see this guy reciting on TikTok. I love his recitations, and he's literally praying right next to me. Like, what's going on? Um, so yeah, it's great. I, you know, I went up to him. I went up. Well, I went up to him. Well, I tried. Went up to his group. Said hello to his group. But then he was busy at that time. So yeah, I said hello to one of his mates. And then I found out later on, you know, like. He um he said you know I should have come and gave slams I was very gutted but ayo um yeah so that was that was alhamdulillah the Muslim was great uh, found all my rocks slept nicest sleep of my life man I don't know it's so cliche to say everyone everyone who comes back from Muslim like, was the greatest sleep in the world it really is it really really is man like I use my rucksack as a pillow and we had like sleeping bags from Arafah it's brought over so it's literally like even though you can feel every single rock and like mound of dirt underneath you it was one of the best sleeps i've ever had man and it was just so nice and something happened on the morning after morning of muzalifa my cousin unfortunately got a chest infection which um meant that we had to leave a bit earlier so that he can get the treatment that he needed and the reason why i'm mentioning this is because obviously 
this is the time where we go to Jamarat, we stone the pillars, and we go back to Makkah to do Tawaf, Sa'i, and Shayt Hez. Now, we go and stone the pillars. That was very, very, that was very interesting because one thing I will say about Makkah and going on Hajj is if you're a man, keep your women tight next to you. Make sure the men in your group who are mahrams or the women are surrounding the women and making sure that they're safe. Um, people don't care. No, over there. Don't be honest with you. People, people, honestly, they they either are in their own head or they just don't care. But people like shove past you, like the, the women that you're responsible for. And for me, it was my mom and my sister. And I was having to like put my arms around them to make sure that you know. And I was trying to like push everyone away from them because they were all shoving past them and like they were getting pushed around and that. And I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. Oh, one thing that happened in, in the pillars is that everyone was trying to like push past and like there were these guys who would push past my mom and my sister. And I was like, what's going on? So um, one thing I will say for every single man who is who is listening to this, who is planning on going Hajj, I hope every single one of you guys are, is keep your women, pair up with your women with the men to women if you don't have if you have more men then put two men on your mother um and one on your sister um if you have less men than women then at least you know do your best to make sure that you are you know protecting them it's very 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 hard to do so but it is very very it's, it's key it's key it's important um and trust me the women that you're the women in your group will be very very grateful for this and be very thankful for this because people do shove you around it gets, it gets very very crowded and bear in mind this is when there's only a million people there this isn't even like the full capacity there's three to four million people there's three times as many people and when i went it was reduced and it was still like that so trust me if you're a woman though who is listening to this and is planning on, planning on going to hajj i know there's a rule saying you can go without a mahram do not go without a mahram please don't go with a mahram and make sure that he is protecting you make sure that he is not allowing you to be shoved around or to even like brush shoulders shoulders with someone be very 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 careful because you're doing hajj you're there for a religious purpose you don't want to be allowing people like you know men to touch you even if it's unintentionally if you can put in the procedures in place to stop that from happening please do one of those procedures is telling them your the men that you are with, the women that are responsible for you, to protect you and to keep the arms around you, you know, shielding all the men away. This is very, very important. One thing I've realized in Sari, in Safa Marwa, in Tawaf, especially, because people are in their own head. And also um, when going to stone the pillars, especially on the first day, everyone's going at the same time. There's a difference between the first stoning of the pillars and the second and third. No, the first one, everyone goes at the same time. The second and third one, people can go at any time of the day. So the first one is always the busiest. And this is this is what I want to now, right? The first one's always the busiest. Please, 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 if you ever go, remember this thing. Pair up in your group and stick to your pair. Arrange a meeting point, it may be after every pillar, maybe at the end of the three pillars. I would suggest after every pillar, go to the side where you make dua or whatever. And please, please, please pair up and protect the people who are around you. It's very, very, very easy for people to get lost, people to get shoved around, people to get hurt and injured. All it takes is to trip up over your feet when someone pushes you and you're, you're, falling, you're falling over and there's people around you and it can get very, very daunting. 
So that's that's one thing that I will say. It it's um it didn't so much ruin experience, but it was something that I was having to care for very much so. My eyes were always on my mom, my sister, to make sure they were that they were safe, even when doing tawaf, even when doing sari. I would be reciting things, but my eyes would be on my mom, my sister, to make sure that they are safe. And please, if you're a man listening to this, do the same. It's incredibly important, and the women will be very very grateful for this. Um, but moving on, the first, the first, as I said before, everyone goes at the same time, man. Everyone goes at the same time. I walk. You're in a tunnel. You're in tunnels entire way from Mina to um from Mina to Jamarat. You're in tunnels the whole way, the whole way, man. And these tunnels, they get hot. Do not take heavy rucksacks. Do not make the mistake I did, and do not take heavy rucksacks because you will, you will start sweating buckets, man. It's already hot as it is. The tunnels are hotter. And heavy rucksacks do no good. All you need, all you need, I promise you, all you need is bottles of water, maybe a like, you know, spare paint of socks or something. But I would not, I would suggest not even wear socks. I'll be real, just wear like take sliders or something, and just wear your sliders all the way down. And you know, maybe like a towel or something, and sunglasses. I'll be real. That's what you need. That's what that's, that's what you need. Make sure you have water though, because water is very very important. Because this next part. So once you go and on the pillars. You um you watch a call it you only do the big one. I'm pretty sure you only do the big one on the first day. And the second, third one you do all three. Now you go to the big one and everyone's doing the same thing, everyone's going at the same time, everyone's only doing one pillar. Oh my god man, it's a one-way system, but still now you get out and everyone's every single person is trying to get back to Makkah. There's taxis, there's buses. The buses will drop you off on the other side of the haram and you have to walk through the haram to get back. Or you catch another taxi to get you through the hotel. Yeah, I, will, I would suggest, I'll be honest with you, I would suggest walking it, man. Walk it. We didn't do that on the first time. The first time we actually took a bus, right? And that's how I know because the bus drops off at the other side of the thing. Said it would say, said it would take us to the haram and then obviously drops off on the other side of it. And it's a big, big, big place, man. It is a, the haram is big. Oh, trust me, the, mas the masjid is bigger than you think. Just walk it. Embrace the spirit. If you don't do the proper sunnah, man, the prophet wasn't prophet wasn't catching coaches or taxis, right? No, 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 no. He was, he was, he was on foot. Do all this. Maybe on a camel. So if you find a camel, find a horse, go on it, ride it. But what I'm saying is, you know, every single step that you're taking, you're taking, you're taking every single step in the name of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And we had to do it one time, and I think it's Jamarat to Makkah. It's only about an hour and a half, two hours. Maybe two and a half if you take it slowly. Yeah, it's not that bad, I'll be honest with you. It's not that bad. There'll be other people on the walk with you as well. So, um, but yeah, we took a bus back. Uh ended up, you know, and as I said, my mate, my remember my cousin still has a chest infection. So as soon as we got to the other side of the haram, they uh they we found a taxi. Uh, it was very hot. And there was four of us in our group. Um we basically adopted two couples. Uh one Nigerian couple and one um couple who actually lived quite near us in the uk um and there was four of us me my dad the uh the man from the nigerian couple called fadid and uh, my cousin one of my cousins we decided to walk it everyone else um took a taxi we made sure all the women got the taxi first and my cousin who was obviously had a chest infection and anyone else could pile in got in and then what you call it us four walked to the haram I'll be honest with you, man. I'll be honest with you. We got there, we got there before the, the taxi did. There's so much traffic. We got there before the taxi did. We were like speed walking. We were like getting there. We were like on our thing, man. And we got there. And Alhamdulillah. Because we got there. Did at the wife. I did it on the first floor. 
just because obviously my, my cousin had a chest infection so he was in a wheelchair so obviously we you know we all took it in turns we all took him around but sorry Safamara oh man okay let me explain this to you if you haven't been there it, there's basically two times right one there's two uh like walking places one going one way one going the other way one going from Safa to Marwa, one going from Marwa to Safa. And then there's a middle aisle with two with two aisles, right? One going to Safa, one going from Safa to Marwa, one going to Marwa to Safa. And these are for wheelchairs. Now, usually, there's actually people there who will charge to push a wheelchair for you. That's like their job. No, 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 no. I'm pushing my cousin. I speed ran that thing, man. My, 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 um, my parents, my sister and all them, they saw me. I was zooming past. They still had to do like two more rounds. I was done. I was completed. I was the one shouting, yalla, yalla, yalla. I was the one shouting. Like, I was the one, I was the one like, you know, I was the one doing all these sounds to these guys yeah, that they've been doing to us. I was doing it to them. I was speeding past them all. It was amazing. It was amazing, man. My cousin was in a wheelchair doing his thing. He was, he was counting the amount that we've done. And I was just pushing and pushing and pushing, man. And it was really, really, really cool, man. I really, I loved it. As you can probably tell, my voice. I love that thing. I loved it. It was like a speed run. Stuff I remember. I did it as fast as I could, um, and I got to push my cousin around. Alhamdulillah, and it was it was amazing because I was like probably the most physically fit out of everyone. So you have everyone who was there. Um, so I was the one who pushed the wheelchair around, and um, yeah. And then we went to shave our heads. So luckily this time did not cut my head as much. So my head my head was safe. And those of you guys who know me in person. Um, I'm very apparently when I got my head shaved in, uh, for my Umrah, apparently it was just my head. Apparently, I have a very cuttable head, apparently, so according to the barber. So, um, those of you guys who know me in real life, you'll know I, I snapped you as soon as it happened, and I was just, I was just, I was fuming, honestly, I'm Fajr. But for the Hajj, Alhamdulillah, did not cut my head, it went smoothly. Um, got to pray my salah straight afterwards, it was amazing. Um, then we made our way back to Mina. Now, what actually happened here? Well, after Muzdalifa. Mutawif, the company, ditched us. They ditched us completely. So there was no transport. There was no coaches from Mutawif. There was no coaches. There was no, we had to make our own way back and forth. So what the Ministry of Hajj did was they actually got a um, a bus service going. So we caught the bus service and we had a wheelchair on the way back. Now this, this, is, this is another funny story from Hajj, which I will never forget. So we had a wheelchair on the way back, but the wheelchair on the bus, so it got to the Mina camps. Now we were in the European camps. We got dropped off on the other side of the Mina camps in the VIP section and we had to walk past these places which had like shawarma, shawarma shops. Uh, like there was like a bubble tea shop I swear. There was a burger stops. There was cafe, there was coffee shops, man. It was just like the VIP area. And we had to walk an hour through these camps to get to ours. Now what happened was we were walking, 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 walking. And then you know, me and one of the guys there who was in our group who came goes to the same masjid as us and everything. Um, I won't mention his name, but he's an amazing guy. Yeah, we like, you know, we're like, oh, let's go. we got this push chair. We got this wheelchair, yeah. And all we're using this wheelchair for is water bowls. How about I push you for 10 minutes and you push me for 10 minutes and we do that. And I was like, okay. So he pushed me for 10 minutes and I had to pretend like, you know, I, I kind of like pretended that it was really bad. It was so bad, but we pretended like that we weren't feeling too well. So we had so like the guards wouldn't take the wheelchair off us, and then he got in there and like we got to a gate, and we were opening. They were already opening gates for people who like this gate. We'd have to walk all the way around to get to our camps, or we could walk straight to this gate and we'd get there. So we're like, okay, listen, man, 
they're only letting people who have wheelchairs who are like people who are like physically ill in their group one of us has to pretend and he got on the wheelchair and he man, I swear to man that was it he should have got an Oscar for that performance I swear they still didn't let us through by the way but he should have got an Oscar for that but like he did well then we crossed the bridge walked all the way around um, and he like he was he, he didn't come off the I didn't even he told me not to push him the good words I push it he pushes me for ten minutes I push him for 10, he didn't let me push him he wanted to do it himself but then we got back to we got back to the things and they tidied the entire mina camps up remember earlier on I said the toilets were filthy clean them all up got um the whole flooring instead of it being like rubbly stone astroturf everywhere it was beautiful they did the whole mina mina camps up man the whole, the whole European camps up it was beautiful. And um, we got there, and that was really the end of it, man. We went to Jamarat, stayed the night in Mina again. Those beds were comfy as hell, comfy as anything, man. Um, and then, you know, went to Jamarat, some pillars again, came back, and then um, the same thing. Stayed over at Mina for a day, night. Went back to Jamarat, saw the pillars. Went back to Makkah, and after this, it was just free time, right? And after this, we had about we had a couple of days. And um, these couple of days were like freeing, man. I swear, it was just freeing. I I kid you not. Um, the, the, like the these two days after uh, we completed Hajj, like we completed Hajj, man. And I I was actually I didn't believe it myself after a little bit. I was like, it, you know, I was praying after every single salah, before every single salah between the Adhan and the um actual salah. I was you know I was praying. I was like, listen, please, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, please. Accept this Hajj from me, my father, my mother, my sister, everyone in our group. Um, everyone who's come to perform Hajj, please accept our Hajj. Um, and let this be a turning point in our lives. And I kid you not, man. Like, oh, I was in disbelief, man. I was like, I've just completed Hajj. And that feeling I'll never forget. And the best part was that we were staying in hotels, right? That hotel gave us continental dinners every single day. It was amazing. Man, like the dinners, oh my lordy lord. Listen, the dinners at this hotel, I think it was um, Al Marwa Al Raihan. I think the name was Al Marwa Raihan. Well, they had everything, they had every single cuisine at this place. Bro, the Indian stuff that they cooked, I'll be real, it was so good. It was better than most of these restaurants in Birmingham, bro. I'll be, I'll be real. Like, they had butter chicken almost every single day. They had chicken or lamb biryani. They had some form of biryani every single day. They had fried chicken and chips, bro. They had a mixed grill every single day. Now, I've just completed Hajj, yeah? I've been getting al-bake every single day for, for lunch and for food. That's what that's what they got. I'll be real with you. Al-bake, most overrated place I've ever had. And don't, they were not getting burgers. Every single person that told me, they were like, oh, you just got a burger. They were not bringing, they were bringing their chicken nuggets and a bun. You know how whack that is, bro. You know that that is, is whack, man. So you know what I mean? No, 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 no. You know, I shouldn't complain. The food, Alhamdulillah, was was good. It it got me through, but it was nothing compared to this continental dinner, man. I'll be real. This dinner, oh, oh my god, I. But the food is beautiful at this at this hotel. And you just complete the Hajj, you come back, and you just want a fat mutt, man. This dinner got you going, man, and then. And then um you yeah, the whole experience was bliss, man. The whole experience was bliss. Now fly back, it was great. Got back and we were like, damn, we just completed Hajj. Dad was amazing, dad was happy, mom was happy, my sister was happy, 
And one thing, like, completely and utterly, it just, it, uh, I, I kid you not, it brought so much joy to me. My mom was like, I want to come back here every every other year for Umrah. And that, to me, that, like, like that, that hit so hard. Because I was like, yes, yes. I want to be back here every other year, every single year if I can. And, like, yeah, I didn't even could, so... It just hit me very, very hard, and um, that's it. It was more. This was more like this wasn't even like a rundown for you guys. It just seems like I was just reliving it in my head and just commentating on like the thoughts I was having. But yeah, th- this whole like the whole experience this year was incredible. Um, I gave that one little piece of advice when going on Hajj and Umrah about protecting your women and women making sure that the men protect you. Um, but that's all I would really say pack light you're not gonna pack you're not gonna wear as much as you think you did as you think you will um pack shorts wearing into jumpers take thobes a lot of them that's all you'll be wearing take sliders of some sort um and uh, you won't be wearing your sliders in ihram um you'll probably be wearing like flip-flops something uh but sliders everywhere else yeah beautiful you don't need to wear many socks. I'll be real with you. You don't need to take socks. You don't need to take very much. You'll be wearing the same job for a couple of days straight. You'll be wearing like the same stuff. Take kafiyas. If you don't have any kafiyas, buy some when you're there. Please. You'll wear them. It protects your head. It protects it from the heat. It protects from getting too cold. It protects it from everything, man. They're great. And, and they're stylish. Everyone's wearing them there, so it's great. You feel like a proper sheikh when you're wearing them, man. You're just like, you're praying with it on. He's like, oh, damn, man. I'm like... I'm the top G, and then like no, you're not. But like you feel like one, so it's, so it's great. Um, yeah, that's it really from me. It was just me. This was just this episode was me fangirling over the whole experience, and rightly so. It was amazing. But anyways, um, just to finish this off. I do want to put in this little note. This is the start of my 75 hard tomorrow. I will be giving mid to end week, mid and end week update on my progress. However, I am in between that, inshallah, I'll be posting more content like this. Um, one of the episodes I already want to do is masculinity and femininity and how they intertwine and work together. Another one is um, a righteous friendship group. Another one is simply how to have high iman, how to increase your iman. Um, there is like, you know, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of things I want to talk about. So get ready, be prepared. Um, inshallah, I'm going to get more get on this podcast and um yeah i'm really looking forward to see where this can go inshallah have a good day keep smiling make sure you drink a lot of water and no matter where you're listening to this keep smiling it's a form of charity and remember charity extinguishes sins just as fire extinguishes water so keep smiling make sure everyone sees your smile and stay blessed assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh